Welcome to the Bureau of Citizen Detectives, the officially unofficial podcast for Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're back for another Season 2, Episode 4 dip. Uh, This time it's into the mailbag as opposed to the bear meat shack or the shit buck. I don't know. I don't know, man. I I do these intros only so we can get to you. (laughs) Aaron, do we have feedback? We've got to me. Uh, Yellowjackets of baldmove.com uh, is how you send in feedback. And yeah, we do we do have a decent amount. Uh, Thank God. Let's get right to it. William, he's up first. He says, the father of one daughter and three sons, I can assure you are very wrong about the odds of being peed on by boys versus girls. <laughs> Baby wood is a thing. Um, I would think that would make it more likely to piss in its own face. But again, I, 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 I was trying to think. I just never, I just didn't get, I, I I changed a lot of diapers, but I never got peed on that much. Um, I had this technique where um, I would leave the kind of diaper shielding the area. And mm-hmm. then like all at once, I would like take the dirty diaper and slap the clean diaper on there, do a, do, do a cleanup job. And then re- like I was only exposed to blast zone for a few seconds. I got really slick okay. at doing that. So I don't know. Uh, my technique is to just not have children that works did you, turns did you out know, that's well near and you're, that's what i say because like i uh, before i was changing my son's diapers i was changing my sister's kids diapers i've like i, I got a horn swoggled in this and changing niece and nephew diapers yeah uh, but your brother didn't have any kids either so nope my brother's tidy well tidy one weird trick to never change diapers just end your bloodline <laughs> End it. Yes. yes. <laughs> Look, I don't have a dynasty to <laughs> forward here. I, I'm good. Next up, Xander is saying the producers have said they don't eat Shauna's baby. Oh, boy. I feel like I have to make this once on every theory mm-hmm. podcast um, show. But let's not believe everything a producer says about the show that they also say that they don't have planned out from season to season. Mm hmm. If they got a good angle to eat a baby, they're going to eat a baby. Oh you're yeah, cr- I mean crazy. it's the producer's do- it's the producer's job never to say we're going to eat a baby on camera. I mean that's right. job number one as a producer. Right. right. Yeah. You but know you're, saying, you're no matter crazier what. than a person willing to eat a baby if you think that those producers <laughs> won't eat a baby if they think it'll be the way the story should go. And so, they have to preserve that surprise, so they can't tell you they're if not eat the a baby. baby. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Paul says, I want to follow up on your comment on episode three about how the writers don't seem to know the importance of removing the organs. Jackie was also burned while fully clothed. They argue over whether Mm -hmm. they should even take off her jacket. That would have stunk the high heaven once it went up in flames. (sighs) The more I think about this, the more I wonder, are the girls in an altered mental state when they're like, oh, my God, this smell and taste so good? Or are they just really fucking hungry? I just think, or are we not supposed to be? Thinking this is about rule this? of cool. Yeah, yeah. This is like they wanted to do something here, and they said, "Facts be damned." Okay, I think you're probably right on that. Michelle says, after the introduction of Lisa, I was not a fan of the Lisa is the wilderness baby theory. Other than age being roughly right, there wasn't much evidence for me to hold on to. But when Lottie slipped and revealed that she thinks the baby will be a boy, I changed my mind because the actress who plays Lisa is a trans woman and trans rights activist. I did not hmm. know this. I enjoyed watching her, Nicole Maines, in her role on Supergore, where she played one of, if not the first, trans superhero. I was excited to see that she's landing roles post-Supergirl, but I didn't think much of it until the baby shower. 
Lottie's premonitions have generally come true, and I wonder if her prediction that the baby will be a boy is a deliberate misdirection. Don't get me wrong, mm. Maines could be playing a cis woman here, but knowing that activism is important to her, and her previous roles have allowed her to highlight uh, trans rights and representation, it wouldn't be surprising to learn that the character of Lisa is trans. Means that Lisa being a baby and the baby being born a boy are not mutually exclusive ideas. Depending on when Lisa transitioned, it could also mean that even Lottie doesn't know who she is. Mm-hmm. Is so like assuming that Lottie is getting juiced up by some woods witchery, is the great spirit of the forest transphobic? Because I don't, I can't, I, I can't, I can't parse this any other way. You know, if she's if if it's given her inside information on on the the, the gender of this baby, uh, yeah, and, and it fucks maybe. up the gender reveal. It's either not omniscient or it's 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 transphobic. Yeah, could be. I don't know that they're very progressive there in the underworld. Yeah. Um, also, like, I don't... I. Hmm. I, 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 also, I, I don't know. I don't, would, that, would that plot line come across as gauche, too? Uh, yeah, that's, little so sense, that's the little thought sense, running little, through my head. Little, Maybe. like, summer camp, little, little sensational, like, oh... We're misdirecting. Uh, yeah, I don't, Maybe, I don't know how... But I don't, I don't want to limit the roles of trans people in movies to like ones that we approve of you know like yeah and there's so many other dimensions of people that can be changed for like mysterious purposes right that like i like i said i'm not i'm not saying it's like offensive and i'm not i'm not saying it's i'm not saying it's not either for sure what the fuck do i know but like that's the only thing i could think is like would that be cringy in 2023 to use a trans person's gender as a red herring i not necessarily in my view anyway i don't know yeah well i mean and and getting nicole like you know nicole mains i don't i'm not as familiar with her work as you are um here michelle but like assuming that she you know she has this reputation of being a a trans activist and representing uh mm-hmm. you know her her people uh it would be strange for her to take on something that would be kind of like seen as cringy or whatnot but sure um I I'm kind of off the wilderness baby because I I mm, I don't know because that mother was played as kind of evil, but I don't know that it's evil to not tell your child that they're adopted. Oh okay, <laughs> especially if your child was the the product of this crazy yellow jackets thing where all the yellow jackets mm-hmm. are sworn each other to secrecy. They got this strong Omerita thing going on. What about Shauna? What about the Shauna of it all? Because clearly she would know she has a child out there. Right, but if she gave it she up, makes... just no questions asked. Yeah, I, she she seems like it's not an issue, you know? Like, yeah, she gave it up. Maybe she feels like that was the right thing to do, and she just hasn't thought about it in 25 years. But I mean, that's a perfectly plausible thing to be. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that was a traumatic thing. I was 17. Uh, I signed some papers, and, I uh, yeah, I've, I've had a whole other thing going on in my life since then yep failed my SATs because I wasn't studying I wasn't going to get into college (laughs) Keela tried to warn you people yep (laughs) the wilderness is the space between the ads we'll be right back don't freeze to death come back to our coverage of yellow jackets uh meredith says i can't believe i'm the only one who sees this but i think the symbol clearly looks like a girl falling into a pit 
The lines through the triangle represent oh. the top of the hole, and the other ones are her arms going up. Okay. What about her question mark tail slash stinger? Uh, yeah, that's 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 a tough one to explain. Um, but no, I see it. I see it. Ah. Uh, I don't the know. Slash marks through it. Also, it like, be... well, let me ask you this: Why would you? Why would you at this stage in the cult? Why would you have a girl falling in the pit as your symbol? Fair. I do think Yellow Jackets makes slightly like it being a vague representation of a bee makes a lot of sense to me, but I don't know. I still think it's probably like uh, it seems like another popular theory is that these are alchemaic symbols Mm -hmm. and they're doing something with like heavy metals and other things um, that there's going to be some of that tie in. But that's it's a big question mark for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Amon Ra says, I believe it's all but flat out stated that the two factions will be run by Lottie and Ty respectively. My brain doesn't know what to do with these characters in terms of who is a white hat and who is a dark hat. While it's easy for me to initially cast characters like Lottie and Misty as antagonists or outright villains, it's been very hard to point out any villainous acts that either character has committed thus far, other than the murder of, you know, the fixer. Yeah. A fake journalist, yeah. Yeah. Um, both seem to solely motiva- motivated towards helping the ones they care about, even if it's not the most orthodox of ways. Meanwhile, the story of Sean and Tay seem to be motivated only for protecting themselves and do much more harm than good to the ones they care about in the, prog- in the process. Do you guys struggle with this? I, I talked about on my, the main podcast that I mm-hmm. have really reevaluated who I think is the good guys and the bad guys in this this second season. Um, yeah, it really started for me with um, Lottie busting in and stopping Nat from killing herself as an adult with her mm-hmm. crew busting in that to me is an act of benevolence, not an act of, uh, you know, evil. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was kind of like, okay, maybe my perception is changing and everything I've seen since makes it seem like, well, she's in connection with something, but she may not necessarily be doing its will if it's evil or she doesn't know that it's evil. And so her actions can't be interpreted as evil. Hmm. Is this man? It's just, it's really hard because also, like, when you're talking about Lottie and Ty and being antagonists, like, they're also clearly in the grip of some kind of um, non normal cognition mm-hmm. that it's like really uh, hard to say that, um, like, I, I guess the one, if you could pin, if you could pin evil on anyone, it'd be kind of Shauna, right? Because she doesn't seem like. She seems like she's a she's she's otherwise pretty neurotypical. She doesn't appear to be suffering from like debilitating depression or any, you know, any, anything like that. She's just trying to preserve the life that she has, which isn't crazy, but like killing people f- over it and Yeah. Yeah, I mean in her description it's about wanting to feel like a more exciting version of herself. <laughs> That's still and that's like not a, terrible, a license yeah. to kill, right? Yeah, yeah. So of all of them, it seems like she's like you know because Nat's got substance abuse, Lottie's got uh, you know some kind of paranoid delusion, bipolar. Uh, Ty is might have like complete divergent identity disorder or, or what dissociative dis- identity disorder. Um, In Sean's yeah. defense, I will say the Jackie stuff deeply affected her. 
True, I guess. Yeah, neurotypical people don't fantasize that their their friend is that's dead is actually alive and talking to them, and don't shove parts body parts of theirs in their mouth. Yeah, and that doesn't feel resolved twenty five years later as an adult. True, but I I think that's like this might be something that they're doing. Um, is like this is a, another one of these. Uh, kaleidoscope type shows where it's like as it twists and turns you're going to see different angles different colors different mm-hmm. emotions from people and that's going to change how you feel about them which like i said i, I that's what i i really admire about this show it's like a very kind of pulpy concept and execution but there's a lot of sophisticated stuff they're doing under the hood and we'll see sure. we'll see if they pull it off Danny says, I was researching cannibalism. Oh, you're on so many lists now, Danny. (laughs) Oh, I hope you never I hope you never go down in the mountains because everyone's going to highly suspect you now, including our list. You're banned from future bald movies. That's true. I want to make sure that I'm not on any airline with you that was Mm -hmm. going over a rocky Canadian or American. Um, I was super surprised how chilled everyone was the day after eating a human even to where Misty and her new life coach seemed to enjoy it. I had to peer pressure myself to eat octopus after learning how brilliant they are. And I'm not saying humans are octopus, but in my research, I came across an NYT reporter who had a hospital worker steal fresh, quote unquote, human slabs for him to cook at home and taste. Did this New York reporter go to jail? I'm just now fully processing what this email is saying. As an accomplice? Yeah. Uh, You're having a hospital worker steal human meat for consumption. Like, that's criminal. I don't know they're writing an article makes it okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was shocked and stunned by how they described it, but I thought that what better source to understand its flavor than from a reporter. I guess the fact that the octopus wasn't disgusting did make it easier to eat and forget about. Anyway, I thought it was interesting one to share. So this is William Seabrook. I guess he's a journalist. Uh, and this is his description of eating human meat. Do, should we? Is this in good taste to read? Oh, some people will love the taste, yes. Oh, Jesus. Okay. (laughs) It was like a good, fully developed veal. Not young, but not yet beef. It's very definitely like that. It was not like any other meat I'd ever tasted. Uh, It was so nearly like good, fully developed veal that I think no person with a palate of ordinary, normal sensitiveness sensitiveness could distinguish it from veal. Oh, my God. I'm already fucking done with this guy. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Settle down, Gordon Ramsay. You're eating people. It was mm-hmm. mild, good meat with no other sharply defined or highly characteristic taste, such as instance goat, high game, or pork have. The steak was slightly tougher than prime veal, a little stringy, but not too tough or stringy to be agreeably edible. The roast from which I cut and ate a central slice was tender, and in color, texture, and smell, as well as taste, strengthened my certainty that of all the meats we habitually know, veal is the one meat to which this meat is accurately comparable. And I don't eat veal either. Yeah. So I, I don't eat veal. <laughs> yeah, my hierarchy oh. for intelligence, uh intelligent things I will eat gets narrower and narrower all the time. Uh this guy died in uh <laughs> what is it? Uh, nineteen forty five. And he was born in eighteen eighty four. So this is some this is some uh Turn of the century shit. This is what happened in the 1920s. Oh, and in what? Oh, Jesus. Okay. I'm going to have to read. I'm just going to come back to this guy. He's an occultist. He got mixed in with Aleister Crawley. And he's eating people. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Creepy shit. I'm going to sleep with one eye open tonight. Uh, thank you for that, Danny. Uh, let's. Oh, she has a second dip into the au jus. 
Uh, for a first time, Lord of the, or for a long time, Lord of the Flies was my favorite book. I had an amazing teacher that broke down all the hidden symbolism brilliantly. I'm seeing a lot more similarities than I think non-book lovers realize. It's a super quick book to read or listen to, and I was wondering if either of you had researched a book or even thought of doing a speed read. I read this book in high school as part of a signed curriculum, and I remember liking it. Um, and of course you got, and I, oh, there was also a big thing like in the second winter scene, the pit girl scene from the very early on in season one, they showed Misty with her, uh, one of her eyeglasses is shattered in almost exactly the same way that the piggy character is in the movie. Hmm. Okay. Um, so there's, there's definitely, and you know, they, they've talked about this being a gender bent Lord of the Flies kind of mashup so i i haven't thought to go read if anything i'd i'd want to read the magus before i read mm, yeah. uh lord of the flies have you read lord of the flies or seen the movie i haven't read it i've seen the movie but i have not read the book uh eric wrote us to let us uh know about an adam's family easter egg in the latest episode outside van store there is a chalkboard where there's a guess this quote contest that she runs apparently on a daily basis Okay. And the quote is, this is my costume. I'm a homicidal maniac. They look just like everyone else, which is a Wednesday Adams quote mm-hmm. played mm-hmm. by Christina Ricci and Adams family values. Uh, right. I guess Adams family. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, John G says, I think I just realized something. The reason they made Javi disappear last season, because he's young. He's going to age visibly. The main girls playing teens are all in their 20s, so they'll be fine to film across several years and seasons. But Luciano LaRue is 14 in 2021 when they filmed the first season. Assuming they aren't going to get just make him disappear again, I'm thinking we're going to get a lock for Javi gets eaten this season. Does Travis partake, and how much does that fuck him up? Uh, so this is like a Walton Lost type situation got a kid that visibly ages out and they don't know mm-hmm. what to do with it so they eat him just like Walt <laughs> just like Walt yeah yeah does, uh, eat does that help I mean what we saw in this episode I, I, guess, this, I, I don't yeah. even remember Javi looks like honestly so like I'm not even sure if this is the same Javi that they had last season yeah but, I mean I can't say for certain I, I, I recall him looking vaguely similar but you're right. If they do like four or five seasons of this show, I think they want to do five. Um, yeah. He will age five years, but they'll have to keep doing these flashbacks. So maybe they yeah. cast him for his good young looking genes, like Timothy Chalamet. Sure, Timothy Chalamet's looked fourteen for a decade now. Mm-hmm. It can happen. It can, and we have digital technologies that can de-age people. I mean, it can de-age be done. Them. Hell yeah, they got that that creepy teenage filter on uh, TikTok now. It makes it sure. look like what you looked like 30 years ago. It's really arresting. Um, I don't know. So, like, I think Javi, I, I think Javi lives because no one's ever talked about him being dead in any of the timelines. Other than that, of course, mm-hmm. and that she's a liar. Um, I mean, the perfect time to bring him back to a story would be when his brother dies but they didn't or bring him back now that we know it's possible that he's alive. Like I, I, I would, it'd be interesting to see if uh, he gets sure. We, we meet up with him in the next couple episodes, but yeah, I don't know. 
I feel like if, if, if it was too distracting, they just like they've done bigger like shit. All the people got recast in Game of Thrones, major characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it can happen. And I, I don't think it really throws people that much. And Javi is not like the main a mainline character. Um, but I, I can't I mean, if they do eat him, Travis would probably eat him, too, because that's the I, I feel like that the producers of this show tend to go with the most fucked up answer. So that's uh-huh. the most fucked up possibility that they'd go with it. Uh, Fitzsimmons, yeah. did you have something to add? I, I, so, so I'm thinking the way Coach reacted to seeing the girls eat Jackie would be a similar way that Travis, having already eaten a human, could react to seeing them eat his brother. We we know that Travis survives the wilderness trip, um, but there's nothing to say that he's like not on the outs with these girls, except that. We know they're kind of still yeah. friends, at least. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Because it, it would be horrifying, right? I, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I can't imagine. I, I, even if my life was at stake, ever just chowing down on my brother's flesh, like that's that's a, well, a bridge that, too far. Some that's stranger, the point I was going to make. Somebody is, else, I, I can't see it. That was the point I was going to make: is that the, these people seem like they're in like an altered state when they're doing these things. Um like there's some kind of thing that comes hmm. over them, whether it's like they're starving and they're just like the sheer pleasure of being, you know, satiating yourself or what. But it's like, you know, there's always this crazy and I, I get the first, the you know, the 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 dooms coming was all mushroom inspired, but there was no drugs yeah, yeah. with the whole back and out type of thing they were going with. So, nope. yeah, I don't know. Just but I, be- I imagine it would fuck him up if, if that's something. He oh, meant to yeah. Him. Uh, Fitzsimmons wants to comment on Jessica Roberts. She says at the beginning of the old wounds episode, Ty was in Jessica Roberts house to pick up the yellow jackets folder because bad Ty told her to go to her, meaning van. She tried calling Jessica to find out where van was. The effect they used made it hard to tell, but you can see quite a few family pictures of Jessica's. I think the idea of the effect was they used a lot of quick cuts and both bad Ty and good Ty was to show Ty was in and out of consciousness and bad Ty was taking over, or maybe they were passing control back and forth. Uh, after all, Ty has been keeping herself awake for days using Adderall. I did not get hmm. this at all. I thought she was in her own home and she, we were watching the dark Ty be inscrutable. But mm-hmm. this makes a lot of sense if this she was actually at. She's trying to call Jessica because she's yeah. she's trying to get the van, trying to get that dossier. Yeah. So does that imply that she didn't know where van I think 100%. was? I think 100%. Yeah. Huh. Okay. They have not kept in touch at all. Yeah. So thanks for uh, making that connection. Well, at least in the last few years, because that's yeah. the thing is like when what, what do you what do you think the affect of Van was when she greeted Ty? It wasn't Surprised like, but to, it wasn't like what the fuck are you doing here? It's more of like, I'll be damned. It's Ty at my door, you know. Yeah, I recently saw a friend who I had not seen in several years. Mm. I would say like maybe mm-hmm. three. And we have a very, like, uh, what I assume is a much better relationship than Ty and Van currently have. Uh, and so, But it was, like, this level of surprise. How many times like, have you tied yourself to him at night? Uh, zero that I remember. But if I'm the sleepwalker, I might not remember. <laughs> and you think you have a close relationship. Cute. <laughs> Cute. Fair. Uh, but, no, it was a similar <laughs> level of surprise. So maybe a few years since mm. they've seen each other. If I had to guess. Yeah, for sure. 
yeah for sure enough for van to like slip away and go to some small town in ohio and set up shop yeah. start start a vhs rental business uh, and, but not enough time for that vhs rental business to go out of business sure right yeah because it not, will inevitably yeah there's not there's not a vcrs and the fucking <laughs> fuck the fucking contiguous states of america to keep that business going mm-hmm uh olivia from cincinnati says just finished up your recap pod and i want to throw out a potential contender for who shit the bucket and ate the beer did the, the beer meat the deer meat the bear, bear meat. meat javi we've all seen the survivors sleep at <laughs> yes. night there's no guard shift since no one has noticed dark ties late night adventures of van i think javi's been hiding nearby the whole time potentially in a crawl space of the cabin be one of the safest places for him to be as no one would think to look for him so close by after doom's coming. He'd have shelter, easy access to provisions like additional clothes to prevent hyperthermia, food like bear meat, and luxurious opportunities to shit indoors. <laughs> plus, being so close to the <laughs> plus being so close to this whole time, he'd have a front row view of them feasting on Jackie's corpse, which would explain why he looks so fucking terrified of Travis in this episode. Thoughts? Olivia, I like this theory. I love the idea of him having the entire world to shit in and not be found, but he sneaks inside to shit in the bucket. I mean, have you ever shit in ankle, like, like calf deep snow? It can't be pleasant. Yeah, but Javi's done it every single day for a year or for like six months, right? Or however long they've been out there. He finally got the courage to start shitting in the bud, like to sneak in. <laughs> He's like, like, for once, God damn mm-hmm. it, I, I deserve this. I want to eliminate without my balls myself. freezing off. Just this once. <laughs> yep. And Just this know, once. They catch him. Yeah, I could I could buy this. Um I like it as it's a non supernatural explanation for how this fourteen year old boy can survive out in the Canadian Rockies without any assistance. It it is a convenient Yeah, possibility. Here's what I want to know. The question no one's asking. They have a piss bucket. They can't have a shit bucket? You're forcing everybody to go outside in the freezing cold. Why not have a shit bucket upstairs next to the dead guy? Just get it, get it away from everybody, and you just empty that thing once every. Wait, I thought day. the whole idea is that the shit bucket is the piss bucket, but they've got to if it's mellow, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, throw it the hell out of the cabin, far, far away. I thought policy. they were all going out of the cabin to shit, and somebody yeah, didn't that... want to, and so they didn't want to get all cold, and so they okay. went and they shit in the piss bucket. No, you're right. They have an outhouse for... They, it's not like you even have to shit in the woods. You just have to go to the outhouse that, that we found Crystal in. Oh, is that right? They have an outhouse? Didn't she come out of I that place the, singing? Did, I thought, she I thought that was a, the bear meat, the, the meat storage. But she like, sang because she was, like, nervous about shitting, right? Wasn't that her whole story? It's like I said, because like she's like oh. pee shy or shit shy or something. <laughs> Maybe I might have missed that. But why not? Uh, why not having to? Yeah, you got to go out in the cold to shit, but not to piss. I, uh, whatever. Uh, John G. Uh, this is a this is a lengthy one. Uh, he is going to prosecute the case of whether this is really a coincidence or not, which I I'm ready to dig into. Okay. John from Seattle says, I recently went back and did a full rewatch of season one to catch anything I missed. And I want to really ask the show if they're still moving between there's a mystical force at work here and all of this is still rational and reality based and coincidental, or if they're putting their hand on one side of the scale. 
One thing to note is that in season one and season two, we see different people reading a novel called The Magus. This is a story that tells two different narratives and never reveals which one is the real one. So maybe they do intend to never tell us if there's a supernatural element or not. Did you know about that twist of the book? That, hmm. yeah, so there, I guess there's two valid interpretations, kind of like the end of The Leftovers. There's two valid interpretations for everything that you've seen and that they just don't tell you which one is supposed to be which. All right. That's very Yellow Jackets. I fuck. I hope they do. Like that's that's my favorite. If there's like not a definitive answer, if there's a lot of debate to be had, uh, the evidence could still be all pointing to big coincidences and nothing supernatural. It's all so far still explainable by coincidence and psychological problems and trauma. Most recent episode tells us that Ty can find these trees, but do they form the pattern Van thinks they do? I mean, a bunch of points on a map can have all kinds of different lines drawn between them. That's what I'm talking about, John. Mm -hmm. Ty isn't wrong about that, so it could all still be explained, but there's still quite a lot. Going back through the season and through the latest episode of season two, here's how the evidence stacks up. These are all the things that need to be coincidences if there's nothing supernatural going on. Mm. I feel like the tenor of this is that John is putting his hand on the supernatural side of this scale. So let's let's you I'm going to read these things. You call bullshit when you think something is not proper evidence. Okay, not proper evidence for the supernatural. Yes, because this is definitely a, a the slant of this uh, writing. Uh, Lottie, we're going to talk about Lottie first. Here's all the coincidences around Lottie. Lottie as a child started screaming at random at an intersection, causing her parents to not go into intersection, which saved their lives. It seems like they put her in a psychiatric care immediately after that, and we don't know if there's other incidents. Lottie okay. didn't see the plane crash coming, but she was also still in her meds then, so that's in the calculation. So apparently the meds can keep her from accessing her psychic power yeah seems like it lottie's the first one to spot the cabin i don't know if that's supernatural coincidence lottie is scared of it though and doesn't want to sleep in it at first night um she has a bad feeling about the place she does go inside and is found in the attic that night by ty along with the corpse later nat wakes up to lottie sitting upright and staring at the attic where she says i think really bad things happen here is this all like is in is this all supernatural coincidences though this is just a person like like take lottie yeah, this... out of the picture like a person being scared to sleep in a dark scary mm -hmm. cabin with a corpse in it seems like it makes a lot of sense sure um it could be superstition but not necessarily supernatural when they discover the plane, Lottie says it didn't want them to leave. Then Lottie is surprised when everyone can hear sounds coming from the attic. Jackie discovers Lottie standing in the lake. She asks if she isn't cold. Lottie says yes, but she thought it would be warmer. Is, is, what is that evidence of? Nothing. Nothing. Yet. Okay. I think there's some. I, I think we're like swinging and miss on some of these things. On seance, seance night, after Javi asks if they're all going to die out here, Lottie starts screaming before the attic window blows open. She grabs Shauna's arm and says, it's in you already. And then she starts saying in French, he always wants blood. He wants more blood. Then in English, you must spill blood. Then she smashes her face into glass, spilling blood. But th this is a prophecy she had complete control over. Like, that's not a supernatural coincidence, is it? No, so so the one reason the window blew that open, I like she talking got freaked out. Scene. She started speaking in Spanish. She smashed her head. All right, sure. All things she could do if yes. she were just you know mentally disturbed. Yes, um, which we know she is. Which we know she is. So here's the one reason I like talking about this scene is because the camera there is POV on whatever is coming in that window. If anything, whether it's wind 
or whether it's the devil himself, the camera gives you a POV there. And it does it again when the snow falls onto Jackie's corpse that's burning. In my mind, that is telling you there is an entity through which you are seeing the events here. What is the PO? Because I I remember the window instance, but remind me of the snow on the body. The POV of of the snow starts like in the tree and and then goes over that branch. And then the branch shakes and drops that snow. And then it cuts down to the ground where you see the snow dropping. And it's got that same floaty feel that it had when the window blows open. Could that not be just an omniscient point of view? Yeah, totally. also when you when you said the branch shakes, to be clear, like wind blew the branch. Well, it wasn't like an unseen thing shook it. The branch moves in a way that I find hard to imagine a gust of wind blowing it. It's one big shake. Well, and I also everything thought that the out. heat from the fire had like started shifting that snow. I because that's like, that's a, one of the things I thought was wild when I was listening to you and. Um, Pete's Pete. podcast is you mm-hmm. both were kind of like oh man that seems like really supernatural and I'm like did it you got a fire a raging fire under this branch that's laden with snow mm-hmm. it starts melting and shifting and then the wind blows and all I, I don't know yeah it's, it's something about the way that the branch shakes before the snow falls um, and to go shakes back and watch it only once uh, I, I don't know Th- that's why I like talking about that scene with Lottie is because there is a a POV that might hint at something supernatural because everything else. Yeah. Lottie has control over. What if next week during their trailer viewing, if you'd want to spend five minutes, like watching these scenes and like seeing if we can come to a common narrative of them. Okay. Really dissecting yeah. them. Yeah. style. Yeah. Frame by frame. Mm-hmm. Past the shrooms. We'll be right back. All hail the antler queen. We're back with more yellow jackets. Uh, let's see. Uh, so what she's talking about, you, sp- uh, he wants blood. He wants blood. You must build blood. Um, uh, John says in French, ill can mean he or it. So they go back and forth between a he and an it that Lottie's talking about. She's then pulled out of her trance when Laura Lee throws a Bible at her. <laughs> Love that All for right. her. Lottie sees a vision of the deer with a bloody antler and Van that Van can't see. And later tr- Van, Nat and Travis bring back this exact same deer. All right, that's there's a supernatural coincidence. Sure. Lottie wakes in the night, suddenly goes outside where she finds Ty crouched and eating dirt. Uh, that is, I don't, I don't. That's on Ty. Well, plus it's, I don't know if it's a supernatural coincidence. You wake up in the middle of the night and go outside. Yeah, she people to, piss, people yeah. piss on their own carpets when they're sleepwalking. People. We're talking know, about Lottie, up, though. Uh. Oh, I thought you were talking about t- uh, Ty. Well, Ty's dirt. the one crouching and eating dirt, but Lottie finds her, and he's like, "It's a." But mm-hmm. like, if Ty's out there crouching and eating dirt, someone's going to find her. Um, I guess it's Lottie <laughs> is a coincidence because she's the spooky one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm being high skeptic here. This is this is this is the role I'm playing. Uh, Lottie has Laura Lee baptized in her lake. I don't find that a supernatural coincidence. Nope. She has a vision of walking down a wet hallway. She sees a deer again. The deer leads her into a hallway with candles and stares up to an altar where she lights the candle and returns to the lake where she sees Laura Lee framed by a giant ball of fire over the lake, the lake that Laura Lee will later explode over in a ball of fire. See, that's an early season one stuff that I'd forgotten. That seems mm-hmm. pretty, that seems pretty, uh, what do you Fairly call that? Prophetic. 
Yeah. Yeah. It definitely Yeah, feels... I mean the, the the big example of this is her in the car with her parents, right? Where she starts screaming and crying and then that distracts her parents long enough for a car wreck that would have killed them to happen in front of them instead and then she goes right back to normal. So but to, I, to I me that's to... like the canon of like this vision is yeah prophetic not just uh coincidence or something and as high skeptic i have to see more of her because like maybe she's just as part of her um mental illness she does kind of shriek and yell randomly before sure. she gets treated could be uh let's see um after they burn the diseased deer lottie pulls a completely unburnt bone fragment from it and gives it to van as good luck charm for the group heading south Okay. Lottie, to, I mean, bones sometimes don't burn in fire. But they almost never do. The fire has to be very hot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that that doesn't... I mean, I guess it's unburnt. Um, that's maybe. So, so let me stop you real quick and say, I think where this is going, and it's something that kind of everybody is feeling as they're watching this show, and I'm definitely in agreement on this, is that there is one of two things happening here. These are either prophetic visions from Lottie that she's experiencing, um, led by some force that's then, you know, enacted on the group here, or these are coincidences that these just are, so happen to line up with the the crazy girl's visions, right? Yeah, they're del- they're internal delusions and hallucinations that just happen to map on the real life events because of random chance and circumstance, right? And, I think and I guess that's my a question, fair summation of this this entire thing. Yeah, and that makes sense because I'm feeling that. Like I, I'm I'm looking for those things while I'm watching the show. Going, okay, can I explain that away, or is this a bridge too far for me? Where Where do you come down on that? Have they so, gone so, so guess, far into supernatural that you're thinking you believe it yet? Or anytime I'm on a side, I try to think of like what is the evidence that would change my mind. And I think I've mentioned mm-hmm. this a couple times a season. Like I'm looking for like one thing that would convince me that there's something supernatural is if someone besides Jackie in her death vision sees the hunter or who we think is the hunter upstairs uh, in the chair that died. If we see someone else see his exact same, that's not Jackie. Is that the, the man with no eyes? The No, that's not the same guy. I don't think. Okay. Or or that's another because oh, that's oh, the, the guy that, who was in like the doorway. Yeah, the cat, the one yeah. that had the 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 airplane and everything. Okay. Um, but that's another good point. Like if if someone saw Ty's no eyes guy running around, mm-hmm. like like if Lottie saw it or Van saw it or uh, Shauna, anyone that's not Ty, basically, that would convince me that there is, uh, you know, like like something supernatural at work. And I I guess like from the supernatural side though, is there a fail is there a falsifier for that like what would you guys have to see to be like oh god i guess this is all just like a mundane happenstance right it's so it's so hard to prove the negative that right that's not supernatural exactly exactly um i guess in that case i would need someone in like authority with expertise on the subject to say nope this was all just coincidence but i don't know who that could possibly be at this point there's so much stuff here that and it's not just like any like like right now all the the fantastical visions are not shared in a group experience except for the LSD thing and eating Jackie, which is I think stylistic, because mm-hmm. like I don't think the girls literally saw themselves in togas and drinking from wine goblets and all that stuff. Um, but that yeah. that blurs the line in a way I don't really I, I'm not sure I like. Um, but but yeah, all the other stuff like 
if I saw any vision that like someone came and's like, oh my god, I'm seeing this uh, white moose with a fiery crown, and Van's like, oh my god, I see it too. But like every everyone's individual supernatural thing, except for the acid trip, is just siloed in an individual's brain, which mm-hmm. doesn't make sense for me when I'm talking paranormal activity. Yeah, I'm with you. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And in the uh, modern day, there you could do things with like there could be like some kind of hidden like paranormal activity camera, like security camera that sees something moving or, you okay. know, like like I wish we had an external. I wish we had an external perspective for Lottie when she went down there with Travis, because right now we're only mm-hmm. getting whatever her version of the truth is. And she's a highly unreliable narrator. So like, you know, some of the stuff when he's like, oh, yeah, we see Travis lav- levitating in the background. Well, Lottie says that's what she saw, but we're like yeah. at three levels of remove. We have Lottie's tenuous grasp on reality, Lottie's recollection of what that grasp on reality looked like, and then the truth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I, 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 I'm with you. I don't, I don't think like a recitation of like uh, back and forth for Ty and because uh, um, obviously I've, I've, I paid attention. I've watched this whole show, and mm-hmm. I don't find it persuasive yet. Yeah, but, no, it's 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 definitely stacking things on top of it, and it's kind of why I focus on like those POV shots of like Lottie being potentially possessed, of the snow falling on Jackie's corpse. Those, those are what, those are kind of the signs I'm looking for too. Is what is the camera trying to tell me? What are the what are the what are the showrunners trying to tell me about these characters? And that's and one so thing far I- they've been telling you. You should try and determine this for yourself. That's what they've been saying is like, we're going to give you evidence on both sides and plausible arguments for either conclusion. Let you decide um, that I feel like they've been doing that brilliantly. And I'm kind of interested to see if they ever push it over the edge, which is why I'm looking for these things. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, and I, that's the thing I haven't I, the, the, the camera's POV as like a, like an evil dead type of perspective, like Sam uh, Raimi with the camera in the woods, the steady totally. cam in the woods. Like I, I never thought about like that being a perspective of like an evil force. And that's why I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind revisiting those scenes to kind of see if we can come up with a common narrative about it. Yeah, that'd be um, fun. I'd like to do that. But yeah, we'll see if we can get that done before next week. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate the the email, John. But uh, we're just gonna have to let it play out because apparently we're not uh, we're not being persuasive here. Uh, that's gonna do <laughs> it. For reasonable this. people can disagree. Let's say reasonable people can can disagree and eat each other. <laughs> uh, we are going to pause it right here uh, for our our feedback until next week. Hopefully, we can get to the main episode. If not, we'll have to keep improvising <laughs> feedback shows every once in a while. Yellow Jackets at BaldMove.com. Tell us what you think about the things that go bump in the night. Uh, that'll do it. Yellow Jackets at BaldMove.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash BaldMove. And, of course, you can always support us, support.baldmove.com to keep the bald move moving. Uh, until next week, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.